protecting your interests through premarital agreements. We receive a lot of calls for premarital agreements this time of year. One repeated issue we face is the lack of time from the call to the wedding date. Ideally, a premarital agreement should be drafted at least three to four months prior to the wedding date. The process of preparing a valid and enforceable premarital agreement requires a significant amount of time. The parties must have sufficient time to consult with independent counsel, prepare and exchange financial disclosures, draft and negotiate the terms of the agreement, and ultimately sign the agreement well in advance of the wedding date. Moreover, it is best to avoid the stress of negotiating the premarital agreement too close to the wedding date. If you are considering entering into a premarital agreement, read on to learn more and please contact us sooner rather than later. Why seek a premarital agreement? A premarital agreement, also known as a prenuptial or antenuptial agreement, is a legally binding contract between two individuals that are planning to get married. Through a premarital agreement, couples can enter into various agreements about how their separate and joint property, assets, and income will be handled during the marriage and in the event of a divorce or the death of a spouse. Couples seek a premarital agreement for a variety of reasons, including 1. They have children from prior relationships and want to safeguard their assets for their children in case of a divorce. 2. One person may have significantly more assets than the other person and may want to protect those assets in case of a divorce. 3. One or both of them may have gone through a previous divorce and may wish to avoid the emotional and financial expense of litigating another divorce. 4. One or both of them may stand to inherit significant assets from parents or relatives and may want to protect the inheritance in case of a divorce. Contents of Premarital Agreements In Connecticut, premarital agreements are governed by the Connecticut Premarital Agreement Act, which is codified in sections 46B36A to 46B36J of the Connecticut General Statutes. This law applies to all premarital agreements executed on or after October 1, 1995. Under the Connecticut Premarital Agreement Act, the parties to a premarital agreement may contract with respect to the following. 1. The rights and obligations of each of the parties in any of the property of either or both of them whenever and wherever acquired or located. 2. The right to buy, sell, use, transfer, exchange, abandon, lease, consume, expend, assign, create a security interest in, mortgage, encumber, dispose of, or otherwise manage and control property. 3. The disposition of property upon separation, marital dissolution, death, or the occurrence or non-occurrence of any other event. 4. The modification or elimination of spousal support.
5. The making of a will, trust, or other arrangements to carry out the provisions of the agreement. 6. The ownership rights in and disposition of the death benefit from a life insurance policy. 7. The right of either party as a participant or participant spouse under a retirement plan, and 8. Any other matter, including their personal rights and obligations. Enforcement of premarital agreements. It is important to note that any premarital agreement can be challenged in a divorce proceeding. However, the Connecticut Premarital Agreement Act limits the ways in which an agreement can be challenged. To have a Connecticut Premarital Agreement declared unenforceable, the party challenging the agreement must prove one or more of the following. One. The agreement was not entered into voluntarily or was entered into under duress or coercion. For example, if on the way to the church, 15 minutes before the wedding ceremony, the bride was handed the premarital agreement for the first time and was told to sign it or the wedding was off, then an argument could be made that the agreement was entered into under duress or coercion. 2. Since the facts are rarely this clear, courts must often struggle to make these determinations. 1. Before execution of the agreement, such party was not provided a fair and reasonable disclosure of the amount, character, and value of property, financial obligations, and income of the other party. Each party to the premarital agreement has a duty to provide full disclosure of the amount, character, and value of all individually owned property. The courts have clearly held that the burden is not on either party to inquire, but is on each to inform. For example, if a husband failed to disclose owning several vacation homes prior to the execution of a premarital agreement, his wife could later challenge the agreement on the basis that she did not receive fair and reasonable disclosure of the character and value of his properties. The husband cannot claim that his wife should have inquired about his vacation homes, because it was his duty to disclose that information. It was not his wife's burden to ask. The requirement of a fair and reasonable disclosure can be easily satisfied if each party prepares and exchanges with the other signed and sworn financial statements specifically listing their income, assets, and liabilities. This should be done sufficiently in advance of the signing of the premarital agreement so each party has a reasonable opportunity to ask questions about the financial statements and an opportunity to receive and review any confirming documentation. Finally, the premarital agreement itself should recite the fact that these steps were taken. 1. Such party was not afforded a reasonable opportunity to consult with independent counsel. In the first example, where the bride was handed an agreement 15 minutes before the wedding, an argument could certainly be made that she was not afforded a reasonable opportunity to consult with independent counsel.
while the Connecticut Premarital Agreement Act does not require that each party be represented by independent counsel, each party nevertheless must be given a reasonable opportunity to consult with independent counsel in order to ensure that he or she is aware of his or her rights. The premarital agreement itself should recite that each party has been afforded a fair and reasonable opportunity to consult with independent counsel of his or her own choosing. One, the agreement was unconscionable when it was executed or when enforcement is sought. The classic definition of an unconscionable contract is one which no man in his senses, not under delusion, would make, on the one hand, and which no fair and honest man would accept, on the other. In layman's terms, this means that a premarital agreement is unlikely to be enforced if the application of its provisions would result in one party suffering a great injustice in the eyes of the court. 2. Premarital agreements can offer many benefits, but it is essential for couples to ensure that these agreements are drafted properly. If you would like to create a clear, valid, and binding premarital agreement, it is important to speak with an experienced Connecticut family law attorney. At McConnell Family Law Group, we can help you and your fiancé create an agreement that will provide for both of your futures, no matter what happens in your marriage. To learn more about premarital agreements or to schedule an appointment with our office, contact us today at 203-541-5520 or by visiting www.mcconnellfamilylaw.com. Find peace through strength.